Hey, everybody. Welcome back to No Struggle, No Story. Today, I am super excited to bring you on 2006 New Jersey State Wrestling Champion, 2009 NCAA Wrestling Champion, and 2012 Olympic gold medalist in his weight class, Jordan Burroughs. So thank you so much for coming on today, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me, bro. It's good to be here. Yes, sir. You know, it's always good to have a fellow Husker on the, on the, uh, on the podcast as well. And go Big Red for life, baby. So that's awesome. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, we spoke a little bit prior to the podcast about, you know, talking about some struggles and adversities that you've been facing and have faced throughout uh, your career. So, I mean, the floor is yours and yeah, you can uh, take it from here. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, it's unique. I was listening to, uh, it was a sermon by a pastor named Stephen Furtick today. And it was really interesting because it kind of dwelled on the same topic that we're covering today. And he says that we are not the only people going through a storm, but everyone's storm is different. Right. And so while it may all be relative, everyone's going through the same storm. Not everyone's in the same boat. And so I thought that was kind of a good word. It's like, Hey, I am going through the same things that you are going through, but our perspective may look different. But ultimately, our perspective is going to determine how we look on the other side of this quarantine, of this pandemic. And so I started wrestling when I was six years old. So pretty much everything that I've learned um, in terms of how to operate, how to become a man has been through the sport of wrestling. It's taught me how to do hard things, how to overcome adversity, how to be consistent, how to be persistent, how to develop from losses, um, and how to navigate really this world and so uh i'm really appreciative of for the sport of wrestling but also you know within the sport of wrestling there's a lot of losses that come along with those wins but those aren't the ones that you hear about right you see the wins you see the victories you see the hands raised and the medals and you're regarded as the olympic champion and never you know the losses that's not how you are you know addressed in this sport so yeah. i think my first bout with adversity was as a young man whenever I lost a match as a kid I would hide under the bleachers and I would cry and so I remember my mom coming to comfort me and then my dad would come over and he would be like hey get out from under those bleachers right like if you would have wrestled harder you would have won uh and so I just remember as a kid like trying to figure out well man what does this loss mean and at that age it was it just meant I didn't get the biggest trophy right I didn't get pizza after the tournament or get, <laughs> get to get my favorite ice cream. But there was a point in time where I started to understand that a loss to me meant that I had to go back to the drawing board because there was a mistake that I may have made in a match, whether it was a technical mistake, whether it was uh, a lag in my preparation or my training, um, or there was a mental lapse that I may have had within mm-hmm. the contents of that actual match. It gave me the ability to kind of have ownership and accountability and then also to go back to the drawing board and figure out how to get better. And so those were really my first bouts with adversity is just being a young man, trying to figure out how to win, lose, um, draw, get to a place where I felt like I was making improvements. And then I encountered an injury for the first time in college. Um, I tore my LCL and PCL in 2010. So this was wedged between my two national championship seasons. So I was NCAA champ in 2009, NCAA champ in 2011, but in 2010, I took a medical red shirt. Okay. Uh, after tearing up my knee. And so after having that repaired and going through this developmental phase where when you're injured in college, you're ostracized from your teammates, right? You're not going to practice. You're not traveling on the trips. You're not, you know, spending as much time with these guys. You're just 
in the training room rehabbing, trying yeah, to doing your on your own grind a little bit. That's it. And so it took me a long time from that process to get back to a place into where I felt that my identity was strong enough with who I believed that I was in order to get back to a place where I could try to replicate the success that I had originally had, because there are a lot of fears and doubt uncertainty that goes into having an injury and going through that recovery phase. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I'd be as fast or as strong or as flexible um, or as explosive. And so I remember coming back from that, there was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of negativity that kind of surrounded the things that I was doing, but I was just confident in not only myself, but in my team and my training staff and my coaching staff, they continuously poured into me and empowered and encouraged me throughout that process and that phase. Um, and so I would say that injury was probably my second entry into adversity. And I think now the longer you're in it, the longer you do anything, the more adversity you're going to encounter just naturally. I'm 32 years old. I started wrestling when I was six. I've been in this sport for 26 years. I've been on Team USA for 10 years. I've won the Olympics. I've gone home with no medal at the Olympics. I've won the world championships. I've gone home on the bronze you know, medal stand. And so, you know, one of the things that I've recognized is the only difference between the guy on top of the podium and the guy not on the podium is how people regard you when you leave the arena. Uh, and so really for me, a lot of what I've encountered and how I've engaged with dealing with losses has become you know, spiritual and gaining perspective and understanding that who I am is much stronger than what I do, right? Really separating my identity, my occupation, um, just from who I am. And so I have a really strong supporting staff around me, great team, great family, great wife. Uh, And so I've just been tremendously blessed, bro. I've just had to work hard throughout the process, stay focused, um, and just continue to set lofty goals for myself and try to see if I can exceed those. No, I think what you just said, you know, all generally really ties in together. And when you said that it's really about who you are and not the athlete in this uh, figure that you are. And so when you faced some of those adversities, such as that injury, you know, and you know, the third place, you know, not coming back in the Olympics with a medal, when you come back, how are you taking those experiences and learning from them? and um, really judging yourself off of what you want to be judged off of. Right. Well, I think you have to experience pain to learn to tolerate pain. Before you can get to this place where you're like, oh, that's nothing. No matter what happens, I'll be okay. But until you really experience what that feels like, you'll never know. I think a lot of people have never had to put their faith into practice. They've never had to put their resiliency into practice because they just believe that they're capable of withstanding anything, Mm -hmm. but they've never had to test it. You know, everyone looks good until they're tested. And then you realize you can separate who the actual people who stand strongly and firm with their foundation under that sort of pressure. So I think that for me, it taught me that losing was okay. Time heals all wounds. You know, I used to have nightmares about losing at the Olympic Games. Like, I wake up from the middle of the night, like, huh, okay, <laughs> Olympics still aren't until three months. You know, I think I can to win. Uh, but, you know, it's it was funny because after experiencing that, I was like, this was the worst day of my life. 
And ultimately, if the worst day of your life is losing at a sporting event, you've got a pretty damn good life. Yeah. <laughs> and so just really gaining a lot of perspective there was, okay, now I'm prepared moving forward. I'm going to rebuild from this. And any loss that's ever thrown at me, I'll always be able to handle and withstand. And so I've lost since and it's hurt, but because of what I learned at the Olympics and what I experienced there has helped me to be more resilient under the difficulty of what a loss looks like for me now. So I think going through those tough times is definitely helpful in developing me, um, not only as an athlete, but as a man. So necessary for sure. No, I think that's an amazing point because I think there's a really great, I'm not sure if you've ever read, uh, or I guess it's the quote of the man in the arena. Of course. Uh, yeah. And I think that's an amazing one because it really talks about, it's really tough. It's impossible to judge someone when you haven't been in that experience and experienced yeah. that same thing of being going through that pain and right. going through it. And I think what you're talking about is amazing because it really shows that those struggles and, you know, those uh, setbacks in a way are really what ultimately grow you to be the, the best version of yourself. And you can't really yeah. learn to be better without those. And so how much do you think that relates to just this overall mentality that you have of this growth mindset in a way that you're taking these losses as just a really an opportunity to grow? Yeah. Well, because I consider what I do to be very difficult. Um, and so when you do something again, when you do something really hard, you believe that you're capable of doing other things that are difficult as well. So it's like, well, man, if I became the best in the world at something, how could I not be exceptional at something else? Um, and so you just carry that same mentality, that same competitiveness, the same desire to be the best, um, that same, you know, willingness to uh, elevate yourself and live a life of excellence daily. I think all of those things really contribute to, you know, athletes being confident in everything that they do. And so for me, yeah, being a wrestler had really helped me establish confidence. I was a runt growing up. I was the youngest of four. I was a really small kid, wasn't super popular in school. So when I started to win, I started to gain confidence. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I can do hard things. Yeah. I can accomplish goals that I set for myself. I can separate myself from my peers. I can make money. I can go to school for free. I can travel the world. I can be highly regarded. All these things that come with doing difficult tasks uh, was important for me. But I think that, you know, ultimately it comes back to who you are within wrestling. I think wrestling tells a lot about someone's character and I'm sure a lot about what you do too. It's like, you can tell the spirit of a man just by watching them play. Right. It's like, just, if you, you see, they don't quit, they don't give up, you know, it, they're able to deflect any negativity. They, you know, don't let the refs, you know, influence their mindset like whether they get beat a set, whether I get taken down, thrown to my back, like I'm unshakable. Absolutely. My belief in myself is always going to be the same and I can stand firm no matter what the circumstances. And I think that that truly epitomizes what the best in the world have. And I think, you know, a lot like my sport and your sport, like the best people in the world aren't just successful on the court or, you know, on the map. They're successful in everything that they do. Exactly. It's because they believe and they're resilient in every part of their life. Yeah. I think you just touched on two amazing points. And I think one of them is that, you know, your sport doesn't define who you, who you are. You define what you are within your sport. And so the man you are, 
and the person you are off the court is going to shine in, you know, the arena or the field or whatever sport you play. And I think that really shows the epitome of sport itself is that it, like you talked about, it develops you into the man, you know, you become. And so through, through that, I think, you know, we talked about it and you talk about, you know, continuously growing and building this confidence in yourself. And also another point you'd made was that, you almost, um, you know, what you do is hard and you, yeah. you do hard things. And how important in every aspect of your life has that been to realize that when you go into whatever, because obviously I think as an athlete, all of our careers end someday, that yeah. no matter what you do at the end, you're going to have the character that it takes to really be successful in other parts of your life. Yeah, for sure. Because I think um, you have to pursue other outlets in your life as intently and as passionately as you pursue your craft. Okay. And if you can do that, then you can be great at those things. You know, one of the hardest things for athletes is most people at 24, 25, they're settling into what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. You know, but a lot of us, we're phasing out of what we've already done for all of our lives. Okay. You know, so while they're getting into something that they're passionate about, I'm leaving what I've always been passionate about and trying to find something that I love and that I can be intentional about and, you know, purposeful in that pursuit. So sometimes it can be, it can be a little difficult, bro. It can be rough, but I think that the great thing is, you know, when you do hard things and you do those things consistently, you start to recognize that no matter what's thrown at you, you'll be able to overcome it. And so, you know, one of the greatest things about sports is it teaches you so much about life, so much about character, integrity, persistence, discipline, commitment, dedication, all these things that you need to be a successful individual, you need to be a successful athlete. And so that's why a lot of athletes after post-career, they go on to climb the corporate ladder and start their own businesses and become entrepreneurs because they are, they just grind. That's just what we know, bro. Like, that's just what we know. No, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I think there's a really cool quote about, uh, you know, the rougher side of the golf ball travels farther and because they used to have these smooth golf balls. Right. And so yeah. they tested it with, uh, you know, like the dimples in it and it travels a lot farther and, that speaks to life is that when you've been through these experiences and you put yourself in these situations and face the struggles and, you know, learned all of these that, you know, you're bound to travel farther. Yeah. Uh, I think sure. in, a, in a lot of ways. And, you know, you talked about, yeah, pursuing everything in your life uh, as passionately as what you do with your sport. And I think that speaks yeah. again to character over anything. And so I guess maybe you kind of walk, maybe whoever's listening through, like when you had your injury and you didn't have your sport with you, what other things are you doing to, yeah, continue to build your identity outside of your sport? And that's a great question. I think, you know, I'm a man of faith. So really I like to spend time dwelling in reflection. Um, I like to read. I like to contemplate who I am, what I am, why I'm here, what my purpose is, and how I can be better in everything that I do. But I also know that having a quality team around you is extremely important because you can't do this by yourself. Every time that I've gotten hurt, I've gotten, I've taken a loss, you know, I've lost a deal or whatever the case, any sort of difficult times that I've experienced in my life, I've always had people to be right there to encourage me and to pick me up. 
when I was young, it was my parents, you know, then it became my coaches. Now it's my wife and my family. And so what we do a lot of the times we're so self-centered and we're so focused on how we can be better um, as individuals, but it's also important to recognize that you can't do it without a team. There was an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. His name's Dave Schultz. Um, he won the gold in 1984 in Los Angeles. And he did a speech shortly after he won his gold medal. And he was talking to all the fans out in the arena. And he was saying that if you broke down my gold medal and you gave a piece to every single person that has helped me along this journey to become an Olympic gold medalist, he was like, each piece would be the size of a speck of dust. He was like, that's how many people have helped me on this journey each size or each piece would be so small because it goes to my coaches and to my parents and to my wife and to my training partners, even down to the janitor who opened the gym up early for me on Sunday mornings, just little, little things like that, that you can't really quantify. There's so many people that are necessary in order for you to achieve your goal. So I think that intertwined into your success is the people that are around you that are encouraging you, but also understanding that it's tough on them too. Like when you lose, they lose, they feel the same emotions, the ebbs and flows of sport. They're excited when you win, they're sad when you lose, but also knowing that those are the people that you can count on regardless. So when it's all said and done and the trophies start to tarnish and all of the medals are covered in dust, the people that are there with you that have been there through the process are the individuals that you can count on to be in your corner, regardless of the result. No, I think that's an unbelievable point. I think, you know, it takes a village in everything you do. It doesn't matter if you're an athlete, a business person, a family man is that it takes yeah. people around you to not only lift you up, but I think to learn from as well is that you learn from something you're around every day. And so I think the biggest component of that is, you know, a lot when you go through these struggles, it's just, sitting back and being grateful like you talked about is right. really realizing all the things that God has blessed us with. I mean, I'm a man of uh, faith as well. And so, I mean, realizing uh, everything, even, you know, like you said, you know, you lose in a sporting event, how it means so much to us, but at the same time, we're just extremely grateful to be able to, you know, take part in all these things and sure. be given these opportunities. And how important do you think this sense of gratefulness uh, for the opportunities you've been given allows you to, continue to excel at what you do because I think when you realize and you just kind of drop uh all of that stuff and you realize that man like I'm just I'm blessed to be living this moment right now uh how yeah. much is that for you up to really go and perform at your best and do your best yeah. as a person? that's that's so big bro and that's a constant reminder Absolutely. that's a, a constant reminder because when you have lofty goals like you want to be the best at something you're not a guy that's like, man, this is good to be here. You're like, yeah, it's cool to be here, but I want to win. When I walked into the Olympic Games, it was like, oh, cool. This is the Olympics, opening ceremonies, you know, get to do all this cool stuff, meet all these cool athletes, but I want to go home with the medal. Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes you have to step back and really think about the opportunity that has been presented to you. Because it allows you to do multiple things. One, it allows you to compete with freedom, knowing that, hey, listen, no matter what happens here, I'm here. Yeah. No one could ever take that away from me. Mm -hmm. It's an honor just to be here. 
You know, there's so many people that wish they could be in our positions. I mean, so many people that you went to school with in high school or friends that you knew that are like, man, Pat's at Nebraska, you know, he's playing tennis at the highest level. And some days we're like, man, I wish I could be here. I wish I could win this or I should be ranked higher. I should have more money, you know, like all these things. And then you sit back and you think, well, man, think about where I once was and now where I am and how much of a blessing this is. You know, someone would have told you 10 years ago that you would be competing at the division one level. You're like, really? Wow. And so I think also too, sometimes if you don't have gratefulness, you can spoil all the blessings that you have and the accomplishments that you've attained. You know, I think a lot of times that when you don't win for me, at least in particular, there've been tournaments that I didn't win. And I've considered all of the preparation leading up to that event a waste. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I did all this work. I cut all this weight. I did all this traveling, spent all this time away from my family. And I didn't even win. This was worthless. Yeah. Uh, but it's never worthless. Exactly. It's never, it's always valuable. Who you become in the process is always more valuable than the prize itself. The medal ceremony is so short, bro. It's so fleeting. You go, you put on your warm up, you go out to the podium, they announce your name, they put the medal around your neck, they play the national anthem for about three minutes, and then boom, they usher you off, and the next weight class comes on. Yeah. And that's it. And now you just got your medal. So I remember after the Olympic Games in 2012, coming home after the media storm, I'm on Jay Leno, I'm traveling here, I'm getting paid this, I'm shaking hands with these people, signing autographs, yeah. taking pictures. And then I get home and I'm just in my apartment right here in Lincoln. And I've just got my gold medal sitting up on my countertop. And I'm just like, damn, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. It's it, it, cool. You got a medal, but you realize that the pursuit, that the stories, that the, the sacrifices, the commitment that you've made is that's what's special. Exactly. That's what's special. It's it's the process. It's really the process more than anything. So I think that stopping while you're in it and really just basking in it, like, man, this is so cool. So now when I step out on the mat, I just try to take an extra moment to just soak it all in and say, man, I'm so thankful for this opportunity. I'm so happy to be here. I'm going to do my best to put on a show and make something that will create a memory for me and for the people watching me that'll last forever because I don't know how much longer I have left to do this. So yeah, just trying to be as thankful as possible. Yeah. That's amazing, man. I think there's a really cool story. I mean, there's two really cool stories. There's one about, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, you know, and I think, you know, when he, towards the end of his career, you know, they asked him, you know, why are you still playing? And he said, well, one, I love basketball. uh, And two, I'm trying to reach my sixth championship. And, you know, uh, and so I think is, you know, and so eventually he struggled. He didn't get that sixth. Okay. And so he talked about it and he was like, I was chasing that because that's what I wanted. But at the same time uh, that I don't know if that sixth championship would have fulfilled me any more than I feel right now, having left everything I did into every drop and every ounce of sweat. That's all you got. Blood that's all you practice. Got, exactly. And, you know, there was the same thing with, you know, Andre Agassi, the tennis player, uh, you know, he, um, worked his whole life and he was like my goal my entire life was to be number one in the world and he said the day he got there was the day he actually felt the he felt fulfilled but he felt the most empty at the same time because he was like I chased all of this and I feel no different than when I did there and really 
he talks that the process of getting there and everything he learned and the struggles and the adversities and the setbacks are what he enjoyed the most about the journey, which I think is exactly what you're talking about, you know? For sure, bro. And it's, it's, it, that's it. Exactly. And so I know I think you talk about it. And so, I mean, personally for me, I take so much from hearing that. And I know so many people can, because I think a lot of the times, you know, you're going through these adversities and, you know, our team specifically is in the process of, you know, rebuilding a culture that we want to change. And, you know, we're a brand new staff, a brand new, uh, brand new team, you know, nine out of 10 new guys. And, you know, sometimes you can just be like, well, man, like these losses are, man, they're tough, dude. And like, you're like, is this worth it? Are we doing it? But at the end of the point is at the end of the day, it's in a few years when we can leave this place and really say, man, we changed this culture and we rebuilt this. That's what's going to matter is these times when like, we really went through it together in the trenches. And I think the biggest thing to learn from it, I think you're talking about is that, you know, with, I guess the name of the podcast where it's called like the without no struggle, there is no story. Sure. And I think that's awesome. And so I guess, you know, kind of moving forward into the next like topic is how much at the end of the day, do you feel like these relationships and these experiences are worth more than, you know, all the accolades and everything that comes with it? Yeah, 100%, bro. Like, my medals and my trophies are in a trophy case. Yeah. They, and they just sit there. Haven't, haven't touched them in months, some of them years. Uh, you know, who you become, who you meet along the journey is so much more. You know, I've, I came from a small suburban town in South Jersey, place with no tradition, no history, no lineage. None of my, no one in my family wrestled. My parents didn't even play organized sports growing up. Yeah. Uh, and so for me to reach this, this level of, of, you know, competition is it's insanity. And I've met so many great people through the sport, you know, that's why I continue. That's why I push myself is the things that I've been afforded because of my success in wrestling has been, such a blessing like i got to go to the university of nebraska for free and become a corn husker for life i got to meet some of my best friends through the sport i've traveled the world i met my wife um i established myself created a legacy for my family i get to provide resources for my family um and all of those things are so important to me and once i do step away from this sport for good all of the relationships that I've established, the way that I treated people, the way that I've walked with humility throughout this process and the entirety of my career is what ultimately people are going to remember me by. And, you know, being a champion is great. And that's something that I continuously strive to do. But I also am an individual that thrives in quality relationships with depth and substance. So, you know, with my teammates, with my coaching staff, with my training staff, everyone that I encounter, I want to be better because of them. And I want them to be better because of having met me. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process of, of understanding that the best are the ones who are able to influence the people around them in a positive way. And I think that's really special. So when it's all said and done and I hang up my wrestling shoes, I always think about what do I want people to say about me? What do I want people to think about me? If I was gone and, you know, whether it's a Hall of Fame dinner or 
a eulogy at my funeral? Like, how would I want to be addressed? What would the memories of me and experiences with me look like and sound like? Uh, and so that's something that I contemplate daily um, more than, you know, more than the medals and the, and the victories themselves. Man, I respect that so much. And I think every day does, because I think at the end of the day, it's such an important lesson to learn that, you know, your value comes from who you are, not what you do uh, always. And I think that's such an important thing for people to realize is because a lot of people put their identity, like we said, their identity into their sport. But I mean, you're building your identity and you're because like your sport is helping you build who you want to be. And I think that's what every athlete should really realize. And man, is it, it's tough some days, but really at the end of the day, I think, like you said, uh, the person you are at the end of it and the people that you were able to touch are the most important. And that's what people are going to remember you for. And uh, what an amazing, you know, I guess just little snippet for anyone to really realize. And so I kind of think like following in like the final statement a little bit is I think there's been, I mean, loads of things to take from this entire conversation but i guess if you could leave them with the viewers with one thing um if you could give them one piece of advice as they go through their struggle or adversity uh the biggest one obviously there's a lot you could give but the biggest one what would it be to the to the to any athlete or person yeah i would say and this is a pretty easy answer for me is just to remain hopeful i think that it's easy to start to dwell in the negativity, right? And despair. It's like, my life won't get any better. My best days are behind me. Uh, my life will never be the same. I lost a family member. I lost my business. I lost this opportunity. But I think that I am always optimistic about the future and what still lays ahead of me. I believe that with the right focus and the right amount of determination, and the proper amount of faith that we can live the lives that we desire and that we dream of living. Yes, things may be hard to achieve, but as we mentioned earlier, it's the process that ultimately is what fulfills us. Um, so I think that operating with hope always, I'm excited for the future. Things might not be where I desire them to be at this moment, but they will get better. And I will continue to work hard until they do. Um, and so I think that clinging to hope, remaining faithful, sticking closely to the people that you love and care about, um, establishing quality relationships. And then uh, lastly, I would say, is just controlling what you can control. There's so much uncertainty in life the only thing that we can do is control the things that we have the direct ability to influence daily. Uh, that's what we're reading, what we're listening to, what we're eating, the people that we're hanging out with. Those ultimately are the things that determine your day. Um, you know, outside of the election, um, outside of anything that may be, you know, swirling on social, the one thing that we can control is our attitude and our effort every single day. Um, and so, yeah. What an awesome thing, man. I think I, I very truly believe in that you can fuel your heart with six things, and that's what you read, what you listen to, who you, uh, who you surround yourself with, what you envision, and what you think yeah. of yourself. And For all sure. of those really lead you to you know, the highest of successes in life and really allow you to be happy. So 
Jeez. Man, I just want to thank you so much uh, for jumping on with me today. I appreciate yeah, it, you, you know. And appreciate it's been, uh, yeah, it's been amazing to speak with you. And uh, I can't wait for uh, everybody to be able to uh, listen in. Thanks, dog. I appreciate you, Pat. Man, best of luck to you, bro. I'll be following moving forward. Yes, sir. You're the man. GBR, baby. Yes, sir. All day long. You're the man. Thank you, Jordan. Right. See you, bro.